This episode of the How to Get Your Shit Together podcast has been brought to you by my listeners, patrons, and friends. If you'd like to find out more about how you can support the podcast, head over to patreon.com slash Zach P. Phillips. Most of the time, I completely avoid the news. I'll purposely give myself a isolated look at the world because I know that the news media is designed to freak people out and keep people trapped in this cycle of coming back and watching it because, you know, it's in the, it's even everyone's best interest for that to happen in the sense that the more eyes you have on the screen, the more likely you are to, you know, keep the advertisement revenue flowing. And the same thing's true for the social media platforms. The more time you keep coming back, the more money they get. And uh, I do this basically because there's always something to fear. There's always something to worry about. There's always something to freak out about. And, you know, that's I've sort of been living that lifestyle for maybe eight years now. And nothing's impacted me until this, until the coronavirus. And the way that I know that this is far more serious than all of the other things that are on, that have come about over that time, is that it's impacting my real world. One of the things that I like to look at when I'm judging a new story, I'll go, okay, how is it impacting my life here? Is this impacting me in my world? Are the people that I'm associating with impacted? Is the services in my country impacted? Are people dying, right? Now, don't get me wrong. There's always wars and other a whole variety of things that are causing people to die, but it's not directing directly impacting my life. Sounds selfish, sounds callous, but the reality of the world is is that there's always something going wrong. There's always something bad happening. And given the size of the world and the amount of people, that fact is unavoidable. And it's not really healthy for me to be looking at the pain across the world all the time. I, you know, no, no person can really manage that. We didn't evolve to live in a society where there's billions of people. We evolved to live in small you know, hunter-gatherer societies of like 150. I need to know if I'm in a small band, if someone in my small band of people is injured or, you know, if they've caught something or anything like that. But I don't need to know with the global society. So I purposely went through this idea of just, well, I'll avoid the news. There's nothing really much on there that's going to impact me anyway. And if something's important, if there is an actual issue in the world, people in my real world will tell me, my friends, my family, and all that sort of stuff. And sort of that's where we're at now. And and it's it's taken me a while to take this as serious as I as I should, or as we all should, only because, you know, I'm I'm very skeptical in nature and I'm like, well, this could just be another one of those things. However, given the fact that it's been, you know, considered a pandemic and countries are in lockdown and you know, where I am is in a state of emergency and a variety of things like that. I'm like, okay, this is actually legit. So I looked into it and I'm like, okay, what, what's what's actually going on here and what do we need to do? The main the main problem is that the the coronavirus will cause an overload to our healthcare systems. Our society won't be able to cope. So if we can manage this amount of you know a certain amount of sick people. And a, and a coronavirus or something like this hits and causes too many people all at once to get sick, it'll overload the system. So the idea that they're presenting is that we should try and flatten the curve, meaning that 
the same amount of people might get sick. More people might get sick. It's irrelevant. But the idea is that they don't all get sick at once. So the curve of sickness stays below the ability of our healthcare systems to cope. Because if it goes above, there's a risk that there won't be beds, there won't be the services available to us. Because in, in our general community, in our general society, people are getting sick all the time. But there's a certain amount of that sickness that we we can we can deal with. If it gets too much, there's a certain amount that we can't. And and the fact if you if you consider the, the hoarding of toilet paper and all of the stuff that's going on, that's an example of a curve that's not flat in the sense that if everyone's hoarded the toilet paper and the toilet paper is like the analogy to, to hospital beds, right? Everyone's hoarded that toilet paper. So our ability to produce the toilet paper or to stock and supply the toilet paper has dropped, which is why we don't have it anymore. You know, there's too much demand, not enough supply. And the same thing could happen to our services in general. Now, toilet paper isn't that big a deal in the grand scheme of things, but, Beds in hospital sort of is. So there's this idea that if we can take steps to do stuff to help flatten the curve, we should. And that means washing our hands thoroughly. I'll put a link down to a um, Aussie Man Reviews video, actually, because I thought that was the, the, the best version of how to wash your hands. And it goes into all these different things and what you should do and yada yada. Everyone should be washing their hands in general, but obviously it takes... A crisis to teach people apparently how to wash their hands. Side note, I am super happy that this is going to happen because being a little bit of a clean freak, I like the idea of everyone washing their hands in general. So perhaps this will keep the whole society washing their hands. It makes me feel physically ill to leave a bathroom and just watch two out of three men leave without washing their hands. So hopefully we're all going to start doing that. Um, the other thing it suggests is to avoid unnecessary social contact. And, and this is one of the things that I wanted to sort of discuss on this podcast today is, is what's unnecessary contact? Because for me, I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I do martial arts. So that's, you know, obviously right up close contact. Now, on the surface of it, it's not necessary. But as we've discussed, I do that as a form of self-care and therapy. It helps me to stay mentally stable and given that things are shutting down, should I, should I stop? Should I avoid it? And, you know, my, my default reaction was, well, yes, I should. However, I haven't been in the best mental state recently. I haven't been feeling that good. And due to the coronavirus and all this sort of stuff, my psychologist has cancelled. Um, and won't be available for like a month and a half. Now, I don't know if she's got it, I don't know what's happening, but it means that the, the, the general services available to maintain my mental health are dropping, and I want to address that in depth for everyone. So then it's like, okay, well, does me doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, is that a necessary thing? And and it's not just this, it's, it's applying this to other people. You know, you might have an activity that is social, is it necessary? And how, how much responsibility should you take for all of this? So then I've been thinking about it. I'm like, okay, well, there are things that I do do in my life that I can cut back on. And being, you know, more introverted than extroverted in general, it's actually sort of a good excuse to get some stuff done and to be like, hey, sorry, I prefer to stay home. However, 
there is that part of me that sort of needs to train and just typical exercise and running in weights just doesn't cut it. So I'm like, okay, well, what do I do here? And I'm not quite sure of what I'm going to decide, but what I do know is that I will take the steps to reduce the amount of contact. So if that means training less, that's what I'll do. But if it means stopping completely and becoming suicidal, I have to train. So it's finding this balance. But it means that I can avoid the other social situations. It means I can, you know, there's a bunch of PDs that are either being cancelled or I'm not going to. There's a whole there's a whole variety of things that we can do to help out and to flatten that curve. But it's also about balancing what actually counts as a need. What do you need and what can you cut? So for me, I'm obviously doing the hand washing thing that I'm already doing anyway. Um, cutting back on social stuff and then sort of working out whether I need to train or whether I don't need to train. I'll put a link down to a brief article that sort of talks about the importance of flattening the curve and highlights what happens when some people or a majority of people start self-isolation or just cutting back. Because there's this other thing of, well, you'll see other people doing things that you're not doing and you'll feel bad or people might be judging you for overreacting. And the interesting way to look at that is to go, okay, well, it might look like overreacting when this all dies down and nothing happens, but, but that's sort of the risk that we have to take on this. There, there, there might It might look like an overreaction. However, it's sort of like one of those catch-22s, you know, like if you if you take preventative action and the thing is prevented, it's going to look like that all of that preventative action wasn't that necessary because we never got to see the the quote-unquote badness happen. So there's this sort of like risk of an ego cut that people might take if they take it more seriously compared to other people. The other people can look back and go, oh, remember that thing? It wasn't that serious. Well, the people that are taking it seriously can go, yeah, well, yeah, it wasn't that serious because we took action. It, it, it's so hard because it'll be easy to look at people that aren't doing anything, not giving any shits, and going, well, they're continuing with life as normal, so why can't I? Once again, it's this balance. There's there's a thread that I've been reading of like, well, what is everyone doing? And some people are like, I'm going to go life as normal, and other people are like, well, I, spe-, you know, I, I hang around my elderly parents, grandparents all the time, or I have a young kid, I can't afford to do this, or, you know, given my work, I can't afford to get sick, or the person people I work with may die, right? You know, it's not it's not just a trivial thing. There's, there's, a, there's a looking at this going, well, the people that are, you know, the people that are going to die are old, or that they were going to die from the flu anyway. But the thing is, is, yes, there's a level of, you know, mortality from the regular flu, the coronavirus is on top of that. So there's some suggestion that you know if it kills 2% of the people that it infects or that sort of stuff, like that's that's up in the millions, depending on the country you're in, right? So there's, there's a potentiality for a lot of people to die. And it's just that the fact that they're old or vulnerable seems to be easily dismissed for the idea that, well, it's sort of natural selection or it's going to happen anyway. <laughs> Maybe, but what if it's, you know, old people or vulnerable people that you care about, not just the the general old or vulnerable person? Sort of just riffing on my thoughts on all this because 
there's obviously a lot going on and it's it's it, it it's quite it's quite hard to manage the the i was quite shocked and sort of impacted by my psychologist counseling and i realized that'll be happening globally in the sense that you know, services are shutting down and direct face-to-face people are getting contracting the disease themselves. They don't want to spread it, all that sort of stuff. So there's going to be a, a lot of um, my followers and a lot of people that I interact with that now have no access to mental health services. And yes, there's, you know, online stuff and all of that sort of stuff. But unless your, your therapist or the, the, the company that they work for has set up that system, it's likely not going to be available for 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 students. For school, schools are shutting down, right? So there's a, there's a lot of societal structures that we rely on to keep ourselves sane that are just ending, shutting down. So what can we do to deal with that? Well, it's 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 still be social if we can, you know, contextually, um, not necessarily self isolating. Like I've, I'm. Prior to all this, I was in a bit of a self-isolation sort of mood, so it sort of suits in the sense that, I don't know, I wasn't feeling like being very social beyond certain small things, but this has sort of taken that to the extreme. And and, and having the, the therapist being cut out is challenging. It's, it's, it's confronting because it's like now is a time that I would ideally love and want and need to have that relationship, that ability to deconstruct stuff, but it's not available. Uh, what can I say? It, it leaves me vulnerable. It leaves me in a state of pain, mental pain in some capacity. So I'm trying to make sure that I'm exercising daily, that I'm doing the self-care, that I'm doing all of that sort of stuff. And I would suggest that you do it as well. Doing the meditation daily. I I... The previous podcast, and I've put the videos up, or depending where you're looking at this, and I also did a blog on it um, called Five Meditations for Managing Fear and Panic and Pandemic. I made that as, that basically was what I put out as a Skillshare course. So that's up and available on YouTube for free because I just wanted to get the information out there and help people. So check that out as well if you're struggling. Um, and I would just suggest that... <sighs> Do what you can to look after yourself physically. So that's like your hand washing and all that sort of stuff. You don't need to be checking the news and sort of being in that mind frame over and over and over again because like, you know, it'll it'll do your head in. How many times a day do you need to be checking the news on this? And by news, I mean literally every source, like this podcast, memes, like everything. Like you don't need to be constantly reminded about it. Check it once per day, and, and that'll be enough to make sure that, you know, the world hasn't ended, which it hasn't, which it won't. But just keep yourself physically and mentally sane on this one. Do your self-care. The other thing I want to suggest is, is that, can we please not hoard? Can we please not stockpile things that we can't use? Because there is, and there has been, and there will continue to be enough stuff for all of us. But right now, we've spiked, and our supply has just been overwhelmed, which is why there's nothing in the supermarkets. The, 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 the major supermarket brands here, Coles and Woolworths, have both decided to, to, to stop selling at a certain time to restock their supplies, and they've opened up a time 
in the mornings that's only available to the community that's in need, disability, um, disabled people and disability support workers, as well as the elderly, um, are able to shop first because they're getting pushed out of the way. It's savage. Um, so so there's, there's that risk. And then there's also the risk of bank runs and money runs. And I'm pretty sure banks are starting to limit the amount of money that you can pull out because, you know, if too much money's pulled out, that can be a catastrophic impact upon the the economy. Here's the thing, and, you know, the, the main thing that sort of freaked me out about all of this, like me personally being a, yeah, you know, a fit and healthy man that's, you know, in the, in the prime, prime, prime healthy time of my life, I'm 32, I'm not concerned about the illness itself like its impact upon me will be minimal I'm, I'm just not concerned physically about that what I am concerned is its impact upon the the elderly and the vulnerable as well as and and more so the absolute freak out that people in general are doing you know everyone I'm speaking to individually are not freaking out but you put people in a crowd and mass hysteria happens because we all get this sort of primal thing of like, I've got to look after me and my own. So we start hoarding. We start fighting people for toilet paper. We start withdrawing all of our money and getting insular. Here's the thing. Unless you've got like a self-contained bunker and a, a farm that's already up and running that can sustain itself completely, right? We're a part of society. We, we, we simply are. There's very few people in the modern world that can sustain a system's collapse. There's, there's no ifs and buts about that. Like, we, we rely on each other to maintain the source of money and the flow and the you know, all of that sort of stuff happening. And all of the services are a collective. So if we get all selfish about this and take everything and start hoarding our money and things may break down, there's no need to freak out. And if we all just keep that in mind, if we all just chill, if we all just take some steps ourselves, this will pass. But unfortunately, the, the the human collective, societal collective, you know, or you know, potentially some people in that in our society are causing these things to happen by buying, you know, rolls and rolls and rolls of toilet paper. I don't know the answer. I don't know the solution to this. And and it's I think there should be you know, led by potentially the, the companies and the banks like the Woolworths and the Coles and the banks and all that sort of stuff, limiting people's ability to just hoard this stuff. It's, you know, clearly we're unprepared for this kind of reaction. The other thing I want to suggest is is that when this dies down with it will, and it will and it'll be, it will work out and it'll be fine, but when it does die down, the next time there's a freak out like this, I predict that the hoarding behavior will happen again. The next time there's a virus like this, there will be a sharp increase in these sort of behaviors very quickly. However, I'm also hoping that there'll be a sharp increase in self-isolation behaviors, cutting down on the social gatherings, the hand washings, all of that sort of stuff. Because there's, you know, there's countries that have had these sort of pandemic-y stuff, have trained their societies to be able to respond better to them. They know what's up, so they respond appropriately. And in those countries, the curve is far flatter than in countries that haven't had to deal with this sort of stuff. 
So with all this in mind, I want to reach out and say, you know, hey, if you want to connect and chat on social, shoot me a DM um, and we can chat and talk about how you're freaking out or how you're feeling or what you're coping with, what what you've not been able to access, the change in your lifestyle. Check out the resources that I'm going to suggest to you, the the hand washing video, the brief information on why we need to flatten the curve and the previous podcast or video talking about the meditations and just yeah stay chill we're all good okay it's it's gonna resolve itself um it'd be a bit challenging for some of us and less challenging for others but let's just try and do our best to help the world community in general cheers i believe that information relating to mental health should be accessible by everyone And that's why I release everything I do for free. Your support helps make this a possibility. Head over to patreon.com slash Zach P. Phillips to find out how you can help out. Together we can make a difference.